As a working mom, I went on this trip at the beginning of April. I was pulling out of the driveway. I pulled out and just started bawling. I was like, I can't believe I'm leaving them. What are they gonna think? How are they gonna be? How am I gonna be? Can I even create? But I just had to say to myself, in this moment, there's no way they could know the risk I'm taking or the way I'm trying to use the gifts I feel like I've been given to nurture and to grow. I want River and Shep to see me at least trying. I just hope they see mom and dad believed in risk and they went for it. I'm curious like your dynamic of work. I know you're working from home a little bit with what you're doing but mm -hmm. you're also like you have a studio or like a space you can go to and kind of, or you meet people outside of the, outside of the house. So like, what's the dynamic with like, like what's your week look like, I guess, as far as like on a regular basis, <laughs> semi-regular basis. Well, no, no week really looks the same. Just some of that is with kids and some of that is Zane and I both having, you know, dynamic work where he's with a client. Sometimes I'm with a client. Sometimes he'll travel. Sometimes I'll travel, but I mean, a normal week, I guess, would look like um, Mondays I have, we have a, a different babysitter actually come in the mornings on Mondays, kick off our week, get that going. And then Monday afternoons, I always have a standing meeting with a client that I go into their space. So after that meeting, then I go home, work a little bit as well. Then okay. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday is we have um, Hannah full time. And so those are the days I really think through okay, scheduling a podcast, mm -hmm. go if I have other meetings with someone, coffee, something like that. Um, but that's also when I'm like, okay, I got to actually execute yeah. in these days. And that's the only time I can really sit and focus for an extended amount of time. Um, then Friday, we have family Friday morning and Zane and I both take off in the mornings and then he'll go into the studio around noon and I get started around noon after I get the kids lunch and get them down for their naps. Then Hannah comes Friday afternoon. Yeah. And that's kind of our normal week. That's great. How we go. Uh, one thing Zane mentioned um, when we talked was he felt like the lifestyle that you guys have. So like you're both working, but like it, it's still flexible. Like yeah. it's not like a typical like mom and dad are both working, whatever. Right. And um, one thing he had kind of hit on was like kind of the dynamic that the kids, like kids growing up in that environment, like the pros, the cons, like just kind of like right. all around, like what would you say that they would be able to take away from like the way that, the dynamic that you guys have at home now? Does that make sense? Yeah, right. I mean, poof. I pray it's nurturing to them, you know, and it's, they see it as something positive for sure. You know, I, I think the thing as a working mom, I try it like my why a lot because it's hard some days to, I went on this trip at the beginning of April and it was going to, I was going to be gone from Saturday to Thursday. So what's that? Five days. I'd never been gone from him for that long. Mm -hmm. And I know this is so cliche, but I literally was driving out. I was pulling out of the driveway and they were getting in the car to go to a birthday party. 
and I pulled out and just started bawling. I was like, why did I say yes to that? And it was, the trip was insane. I can't even believe I got to go on it. I got Mm -hmm. to go down to Sonic Ranch and help a friend at this recording studio that most people would be like, you know, Zane, Zane's like, that's my dream. How do you, you know, anyhow, all that to say, I was pulled out and was just crying. Like, I can't believe I'm leaving them. What are they going to think? How are they going to be? How am I going to be? Can I even, can I even create knowing they're back? I knew they were well taken care of. I, mm. I was not their safety and their well being. I was not concerned about, but I just had to say to myself in this moment, there's no way they could know the risk I'm taking or the way I'm trying to use the gifts I feel like I've been um, given to nurture and to grow. Mm. I'm trying to grow. Like, we're all learning, right? Yeah. Like, I'm still learning how to do that too, but I want River and Shep to see me at least trying mm. and trying to get outside of myself and trying to believe in, you know, I need I need something to create. and. Yeah. I, and I want something to create. Maybe I don't need it, but I want it. And so I just hope they see mom and dad, like they believed in risk and they went for it. Yeah. And um, yeah, I don't know what that'll look like because that wasn't my upbringing and that wasn't Zane's, but we ended up where we are. I think that's where you just got to trust. They'll end up where they're like, mm-hmm. I believe the grace of God's going to get them where they yeah. are supposed to be as well. And yeah, they've already, she's already got to see things that I'm like, I've ne- I, you know, just, I don't know, just really cool thing. Not, th- not that the big moments are all that matters. Um, cause to her, she probably just wants us home. You know, she doesn't, right. she wants us home every single day. If she could choose, we would literally watch her jump on her trampoline. We would also watch her read a book. We'd watch her <laughs> eat her breakfast. She just wants us there all the time, you know? Shep's too little to know what's going on, and he just runs around going crazy anyway. So, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, I, I do hope it, I do hope it blesses them ultimately. And, yeah. and I'm sure Zane told you this as well. We'll, we try, we'll be the first to lay it down for mm-hmm. them. Like, we're not going to build um, a career on the altar of our kids. Yeah. Our priorities are... God, Zane and I, our marriage, our kids, and then work. So if something is coming, obviously we can't not work and just be with our kids all the time. But if there's a tension we're feeling that we have to choose one or the other, we'll lay down work every Mm. time. Hopefully every time I say, (laughs) you know, we're trying to do our best is what I'm saying. No, that's so good. No, really, really good. Um, What would you say like right now? Okay, so like you've, Obviously, you've been thinking a little bit in the future now, but like in the current, like last couple of weeks, what is like, what's been the hardest part of giving your fullest to your kids, but also giving your fullest to your career? Oof. Well, I'm, I'm actually in a very full season right now. Mm-hmm. Um, with a couple clients I have, it, it always depends on kind of, my flow kind of depends on the flow of the client. Um, what do they have going on? How big of a moment is it for them? Mm-hmm. Um, I have a client right now in Nashville that she's releasing a ton of music. So her release looks like a ramp up in mine because we've yeah. got to push to get all this content created. Mm-hmm. And we're on tight deadlines of specifically her record label. So, and, but it's also, it was the end of school for river. So I'm trying to get teacher's baskets made (laughs) and 
end of school pictures and get her summer camps and every mom, you know, at the end of May is saying all these same things. But what it really looked like was I work until 5.30 when I don't have childcare anymore, when Hannah leaves and when Zane gets home, we do supper together, we do bath and prayers and bedtime. And then I go back to work from about 8.30 to midnight every night, Mm. which is not sustainable. Mm. Do not recommend. Um, And thankfully Zane is so patient with me and and full of grace in it because I mean, it is a, a bit of a grind in that way, but Ultimately, I was, I was kind of talking to Zane about the other day of like, so many um, working professionals have a busy season, right? Like yeah. a CPA, they know from January 31st till April 15th when taxes get filed, it's just busy season, right? Hmm. Um, so, but in creative work, that's not necessarily built into a calendar. It's a lot more of an ebb and flow, yeah. which is sometimes good, but sometimes hard. And Thankfully, in this moment, Zane and I's busy season isn't at the same time. So, you know, he can give a little more right now. And, but I can always tell in myself when it's getting a little too much that I'm like, okay, I got to say no somewhere. And, or, you know, our son got sick last week and it's like, okay. Or actually my grand, my grandfather passed away this weekend and I just had to text clients and be like, I'm so sorry. I had deadlines on Friday, but I'm so sorry. I can't, you know, I need to push these till next week. And that's just, I don't know. It's just life of being real and, and realizing hopefully you're working for people who really understand that as well. I'm a, I'm a one man. I don't have anybody else I can pass it off to. And I've strategically done that because for me to hire and scale means I'm managing another person, which means my mental capacity is getting less and less, you know, as a mom, which you know, I know your wife knows this as well. Just the unseen things you're you're navigating up there of, you know, getting diapers ordered and, you know, do they have summer clothes and are they, you know, all of those things just take space. And so mm-hmm. I can't, I'm not at a point where I feel like I want to scale, hire someone and manage another person. So that means I just have to say no. Yeah. And if that, that's never lost me a job now, thankfully. But if it did... I think I'd be okay with that because at some point my kids will be in school and I can build in a different way, but I don't get these years back. And, you know, Zane and I have a deep conviction to really invest in building their souls right now and their foundation and that their attachment and all of those, you know, things. So that's just where I am as a mom right now of, I'm not going to keep scaling and growing for the sake of growth or for the sake of what it feels like the pressure or, or what in America is how you're winning and you're succeeding, yeah. um, which takes a whole conver- different conversation about what is success, right? right. As, as a creative, as a parent, um, I think Zane and I have had to reframe what is success to us. And that looks a lot more like, do you feel loved? Do the kids feel loved? Do I feel loved? Do we have peace when we lay our heads down at night? Mm that we're winning. If, if everyone's feeling loved, which isn't every day, (laughs) you know, with kids and if we have peace and I'm not, I'm not mistaking peace for comfortability because I think that's not the same. You can, I can be full in this stretch season and I have peace in a lot of areas, but I'm uncomfortable because I'm out of my depth, you know? Mm. Um, but we do feel like we have peace in this season Mm. and 
that's what I guess is important and winning for us. So as long as everyone feels love and peace, mostly like 70% of the time, <laughs> we're good. That's success. <laughs> yeah. No, that's so good. Let's talk like, so with what you're doing now, you're working, you know, with an artist in Nashville before that, um, you've, you've done a lot of creative direction, art direction in general. What, how did you get started? Like, did you start with graphic design? Like how did you kind of even get into the creative industry as a whole? Great question. Um, I first started when I was like 16, I was yearbook editor, my high school yearbook. (laughs) Um, and I fell in love with layout design. I mean, I would sit in there, my yearbook teacher would let me go in like late at night and I would just, Oh my gosh, I loved it. I could do it for hours. I wanted to go in on the weekend and I would just, I don't even know. It, I didn't even, it wasn't even Adobe software. This is aging me. <laughs> I can't even remember what the software was, but it wasn't in design back then. It was something else. And I just fell in love with it. And, um, that's when I was like, Oh my gosh, wait, graphic design is a thing. You can, I can major in this in school. So I went to college, got my BFA, my bachelor's of fine arts in graphic design, graduated in 2010. And I was working at this t-shirt, like sports t-shirt manufacturing company in the art department. And that is where I learned every shortcut in Adobe Illustrator. I learned to get quick. I learned how to build vectors out of JPEGs. Like I just learned, I mean, I would tell anyone just, yes, you learn stuff in school, but man, when you're on the job Mm -hmm. and especially like a production environment where you just got to. You just got to learn. It's not necessarily creative at that point. It's just skills. Mm -hmm. Learn what, you know, all of your shortcuts are on your, on your keyboard and learn Mm. all of the, how you save five, just all of the technical part of design, right? Because the aesthetic part of design is changing all the time. And we've always got to, you know, be inspired and be aware of that. But the technical piece, like control copy, control paste, control set, like, Control Z undo, like that's not changing. That's right. all the same. So learn those ones. Um, and then a friend from college actually reached out. And she's like, Hey, um, I just moved back to Kansas City and um our friends are kind of starting this agency. It was actually so special when I was driving down here today. I drove by the first like office I worked in when I moved oh, Kansas wow. City. It's it's right down the street in the crossroads. What, what are they? Are they still? They're not around? there anymore. What was no, it called? It was called Quartermaster Marketing back then. Marketing. Yeah, okay. and it was it was not. There was nothing beautiful about it. Literally, <laughs> the main um, client was a plumbing manufacturer. So I literally worked on plumbing brochures. <laughs> we tried to make it pretty, but you can only make it so pretty, right? <laughs> So she was like, would you want to come work here? Um, They're looking for a graphic designer. And honestly, back then I was like, no, I want to go to New York. I want to go to LA, Mm -hmm. which now I'm like, I guess it's not ever totally off the table, but I'm like, thank goodness I came here, you know? (laughs) So I was like, well, maybe I'll go, maybe I'll go, you know, interview and it can be my stepping stone then to Mm -hmm. go somewhere else or whatever. Here I am. What? 14 years later. 13 years later. Um, so I came up here, anyhow, got a job there, worked there for several years, went from a graphic designer to an art director there and learned so much client, the client side of creativity and agency, 
um, how to work for a creative director, how to work with, you know, so many things. Uh, then from that point, I went and worked in ministry for a few years, was an art director there. And then um, that's when I got pregnant with River. Mm. And so I just took a little time off. Um, I actually worked part-time for the Regional Arts Council, Arts KC. They're amazing people. And that's when I was like, okay, what do I want to do now that I've had a baby? I don't want to leave her. I mm. want to be invested in how she is you know, growing and learning. So I worked part-time for a while. And then that's when I realized, like, I think more of my wiring is to somehow work yeah. as well as um, help, help with the kids. So with a lot of encouragement from Zane, that's when Zane was like, I think you just need to work for yourself. And, you know, I was so scared. I was like, no, 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 no. I, I, no, I don't want to do freelance or be self-employed or whatever. And he's like, he just kept encouraging me, encouraging me. And so finally, this was in the middle of the pandemic too, in August of 2020 is when oh, I was wow. like, okay, I'll, well, okay, rewind. I had a, one of my dear friends at the time came to me, her name's Joni. And she was like, I'm going to start this women's boutique. Um, would you help me with all of the branding of it? I would love to have your help. And I was like, oh my gosh, yes, I would love to. But at that point, I thought, I'm just going to help her do the logo, packaging, whole brand suite, you know, hand it over to her. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize how much content and work that would be moving forward. So I said yes to that. And then that, at that point, I was like, oh, I'm actually making more money mm. working for myself maybe this is, maybe I follow this a little bit. Yeah. Not that it's just about the money, but when you're a mom, you don't walk out the door unless someone's walking in and you start paying that person. Right. So just as a business person, I'm thinking, well, I can't go in the red. Mm -hmm. If I'm paying this person X amount of dollars to come in here and watch my kids, I've got to at least be making a, the, you know, certain right. amount of money. So, um, that's when I was like, okay, I'm going to fully do this thing. And the second I put myself out there and said, like, I'm working for myself, just a flood of work came in. Mm -hmm. And I had only had childcare for 20 hours a week at that point. And I got myself in trouble again. And I was working till midnight every night. <laughs> and I quickly had more than 40 hours of work. And at that point, I was still trying to learn how to track, you know, the workflow of it. Yeah. Um, cause you don't fully know. And I know you get this too. You don't know when you say yes to something necessarily how many hours that is going to take. Absolutely. So you're trying, but you know, with kids, you can't just work whenever you want to work. You got to have yeah. someone watching the kids too. So, um, I, I, we increased childcare and we're trying to, you know, figure out that piece. And, um, now I'm, now I work full time, but yeah, from home. Um, I don't have a space I go into. I just literally work from my bedroom. Um, most of my clients though, I like go out to there or, you know, yeah. I go, I go to their space. Um, I, and the reason I did that was because then we had our second, our second baby, our son shepherd, and I wanted to be able to stay home and nurse him and be with him. So, um, I would literally, maybe this is TMI for the men listening, but <laughs> I literally would go in my bedroom and work. And when it was three hours and he was ready to eat, I would 
have Hannah bring him in and I would nurse him and he would go back out there and I'd work. work. Literally did that for (laughs) nine months. Mm. Um, and then I was like, okay, but still, I still, I love going out and having lunch with them. Literally today I was like having some quiet time before coming down here and Shep just barges in my bedroom, you know, literally opens the door, (laughs) runs in and it's chaos and it's cute. And mostly cute some most actually maybe mostly chaos but (laughs) yeah you guys get it um so yeah it's been it's been a wild a wild ride how it's all unfolded but I I think I can truly say I think I'm where I'm supposed to be Mm. and even though there's struggle in it it feels it feels um graced for sure yeah it's never gonna be easy but I was actually reading this thing yesterday and it was talking about how strength can come from constraint Mm. and I was like strength from constraint that seems like the opposite of what we're told now right it's like Mm. no we want we want you know work from home and been all the benefits and no we don't want constraint we want freedom we want you know and so I was kind of like thinking about that thought and it was the book I was reading it was this illustration and it was an illustration about a river. So, of course, I'm going to love that, right? <laughs> <laughs> so cheesy. Um, and it was talking about how when a river's flowing and it cuts in between rock, like in the Grand Canyon, the constraint on the water actually creates a ton of power and strength. Mm-hmm. And there's rapids coming, but it creates all this power and movement. And then when it gets out into a flat space, it's just gentle and, and easy again. And I was like, wow, maybe that's why in the last couple of years, I have felt a different kind of power and strength mm. in my work and in myself is because it's the constraint of kids or it's the constraint of a schedule yep. where it's almost like a paradox, right? You would think, oh, a wide open schedule would give you more power and creativity. But I think it actually is mm. the constraint of all of this as a mom trying to figure it out or any parents, really, that's not just for the moms, it's for the dads, too, of trying to figure out how to do it with the constraints you have now, because it looks different. You're, yeah. it, is, it just is different, you know, with kids. So anyhow, I, I think there's a certain power and strength that's come from all the constraint of being a mom. So For sure. Yeah, no, I mean, there's even, I think a lot of um, young creatives, and I say this about myself even a couple of years ago, but even when it comes to not even just productivity and work and life, but even like, you know, we say like, oh, like, I don't want any boundaries or I just want to create freely or I just want to whatever. And um, I remember one time I was working for a church and there was some pretty strict, you know, deadlines and different things. And I had to get a video done for by a certain time. And I just felt like there was too many like things. Yeah. And as a young creative, I'm like, man, get off my back. Like, just yeah, let totally. me create, dog. Totally. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like yeah. leave me alone. Um, but I, I slowly began to realize and learn the hard lesson that, like, those restraints or constraints, like you're saying, are actually what enable you to be more creative. Yeah. And whenever you have um, guidelines and, or, or like people like to use analogy of like a box, like don't, don't put me in a box yes. kind of thing. But the truth is like, forget about, forget about 
other people's box or the box that you're in versus the box somebody else is in. But like, if this is the box you're in right now, just be as creative as you can in your totally. box. And then eventually it will unlock and there'll be other boxes to be creative in. Yeah. But there's nothing wrong with, in, in fact, it's actually really healthy for there to be those boundaries. 100%. And it forces you to be creative within the bounds of, um, of the things that you feel like are holding you back. And you learn to actually be creative regardless of those boundaries. Yeah. So I, that's definitely, I think that ties into that where it's just like, and that for me, that was a really big thing, especially like 20, 21, 22, yeah. just kind of like, you know, we just want to be like, especially the whole Enneagram thing, like the fours are very like, you know, creative yeah, and flowy. I'm unique. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you a four? I'm, I'm a three wing four. Oh, okay. So I'm, I'm mostly three, um, but I'm definitely have my like heavy four moments. Yeah. You feel the fours. <laughs> yeah. The fours feel the fours. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, That's amazing. I actually heard a similar illustration once about boundaries that has always stuck with me, not necessarily just for creativity, but life in general. I actually love this about parenting is someone told me, you know, like if you bought a house right next to a really busy road mm. and your kids wanted to go out and play in the backyard, you wouldn't really feel right putting them out in the backyard and letting them play and yeah. have their imagination, all that, because you'd be scared about the busy road. But if you built a fence around that backyard, mm. that fence as the boundary actually gives them more freedom because now they can go out there and run around the whole thing. They can use their imagination. You don't have to hover over them. Yep. It's the fence that actually, the boundary that actually does bring the freedom, you yep. know, versus not having it. And then it's unsafe at that point. So right. yeah, it's a similar to the box. No, that's, about. no, that's so good. It's so true. It, it creates a safe space yes. to be able to create. No, that's good. Yeah. And thrive in that. Yeah. Um, okay. So, let's go back into a little bit of like what you're doing creatively right now. So you're working with a really big artist in, in Nashville. How did that come about? Like, was it just like relationship or like, you know, that's actually, I'm glad we're going here because, um, when you first asked me, you know, if I'd be part of this and I was like, I don't have any, like, what can I add? <laughs> and I was like, man, if there was one takeaway, I wish I could have told my younger self, mm. It's, um, relationships really are mm. everything, which I know we've all heard a thousand times, but I, I genuinely don't think I'm where, which I have, I'm not, I have so much further, <laughs> you know, it's a weird, it's a weird place to sit and like talk about where you're at and right. you're like, but you know, anyhow, um, every job, I think 95% of the jobs I've ever gotten are friends, mm. word of mouth or a friend of a friend. Um, I didn't even have my own website. I'm, I'm a graphic designer, art director. I didn't even build my own website for two years into working for myself. Mm. The work was always just coming. So I didn't necessarily need to market myself or put myself out there, yeah. um, which I'm so grateful for. But I also know that's not everyone's experience. And sometimes it's better. In fact, I would probably tell anyone to brand yourself and launch. And I didn't even take my own advice. But <laughs> um, yeah, so a lot of my clients right now one of my dear, dear friends I grew up with, um, her name's Nicole. She was in our wedding. She's been a friend for forever. Um, she's actually a songwriter in Nashville, and she's a um, head of a record label out there as well, all-female record label. Cool. And um, 
she's an inspiration in so many ways, but she, I started working for her. I've always worked, you know, her and I, I, I did her baby announcements and, you know, her, she, you know, like an EP way back in the day or just helped her with any of her, mm. you know, um, birthday party invites, just all the fun stuff. Uh, t-shirt. I used to make all these t-shirts for her of her song lyrics. <laughs> Anyhow, just, you know, all the things. But um, she put out her first debut album last year, and she asked me to help with all of the branding and um, graphic design art direction on that, which was such an honor. And then that, from that, when she put that out, then now people were asking her, hey, who helped you? And, mm. um, you know, I don't, we don't live in Nashville, so it's actually been super cool to get to be part of that without even being there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was all friend of a friend, you know, I don't have like a big portfolio or list of people I've worked with. It was just, um, this, this artist, Kimberly Perry, she was from the band Perry. Um, actually back in 2010, they wrote that song. She wrote that song. Um, if I die young, mm, Yeah, everyone knows that mm -hmm. one. Um, I was actually thinking of that the other day cause I graduated college in 2010 and I was like, if you would have told me that day, <laughs> that a decade later she was going to rewrite that song if i die young part two and i was going to get to do her all the album covers and release and in, invites and her merch and all of that i just there's no way i, I mean i would have mm. thought oh i'd have to be in nashville to do that right but it's pretty amazing i'm super grateful that i got to be part of that just from living in kansas city and mm. you know building a life here with my husband and raising kids and so that's been super cool to get yeah. to be part of that. I'm, I'm very grateful, but it all goes back to relationships and character. Mm. And, you know, I try and do what I say I'm going to do. I try and be honest about where things are. I try and communicate really well. Um, I try and under promise over deliver, which I'm getting myself in a little bit, <laughs> a little bit of a tricky spot with that right now, just because once again, I think something I'm really trying to learn right now is where was my first yes and who was that to first and being faithful and loyal to that. Mm -hmm. So if I told someone yes first, I work on that project first rather than being maybe opportunistic of, well, this one's bigger, yeah. which sometimes that is a tricky thing. I would love to even know your thoughts maybe on that of how, how to prioritize because sometimes something is bigger and more money yeah. But you said yes to something else first. And so you want to be loyal and faithful to that. And, um, that's definitely, maybe you asked that earlier. I'm a, I also ramble so much. <laughs> no, so no, no, make me land this plane. Uh, <laughs> when I asked Zane last night, I was like, Oh, I'm nervous about this. He's like, you're an external process. You're going to do amazing. Just yeah. keep talking. I was like, no, I don't want to <laughs> anyhow. So, um, no, I would so say good. that's probably the, the trickiest part for me right now is how to navigate, um, prioritizing work that yeah. is coming in and making, you can't make everyone happy. So what ball do you let drop at what point? Yeah. And hopefully it's someone told me this one time, like maybe there's glass balls and maybe there's like rubber balls, like let the rubber one drop. It'll bounce back up. But mm. like my kids are probably the glass, no one else is right. their mom. So try not to let that one drop. And I don't know if you just do the best you can 
and give your best. I really think people can see that and they're For patient sure. and gracious with you For sure. when they really know that you're trying your best. You're not just making things up or not responding or which I mm. listen, trust me, it's hard to always get back to everyone. Cause you're like, Oh, I have to tell you again, I still don't have, you know, you're asking me where your work is and <laughs> still not ready. it's still not ready, you know, <laughs> but I think when they know that you're trying your best, I think they're, patient and gracious with you for the most part or for sure thankful I have worked with I feel spoiled because everyone I worked with I have worked with to this point I've never had someone just like get super mad at me right well and I think it's like in the way that you carry yourself too like both you and Zane like there's a way of like walking in integrity in the way that you do your work and I think like you're saying, people feel that. Yeah. You know, like people, people recognize that people notice that. And especially like the creative industry, there's a lot of, and I'm guilty of this too, honestly, so much, but like, there's a lot of us who are just really fickle. Yeah. Like truthfully. And so it's like, if you can just not be fickle, do your best to actually like, like you said, respond to people, do your best to actually like, you know, people, people can feel it. And so I feel like when you're doing that, as far as the, like knowing which, you know, obviously like family, not dropping those balls, as far as like work, I think it really, it's so different for everybody. It does really come down to like, I actually, I never heard that analogy about the rubber balls. Oh yeah. Because I, I do think you can sense there's sometimes you'll have clients who are like, they just are so, they want to work with you because of you. Yeah. And there's a difference between like, maybe like you have some corporate client that just wants to get the job done. Yeah. And so, and then there's also the conversation like sometimes, it's like you never want to like burn bridges, but then sometimes you have to decide like, are there times where it's okay to do that? Yeah. But I definitely don't have any answers around any of that kind of stuff. I, 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 I definitely wouldn't say that I've, had enough of those situations come around to where I feel like I could like specifically speak to that kind of stuff. But I do know that like you guys walk with integrity and because you walk with integrity, people feel that maybe some of them are friends of friends or there's at least some relationship. So it's not like some rando that's coming to you to work with you. It's like someone, there's some personal connection or relationship with you and so again, they're like, they're, they're more understanding because they actually realize at the end of the day, like you are a person. Yeah. And sometimes if you're working with, and I have worked with some corporate clients with like some video work. And again, they just, they don't, they're not always concerned about you. You're just the ends to a mean to get a project done. Yep. So those people do exist, unfortunately. Um, but still how we handle ourselves in those moments still speaks a lot. Yeah. It's still our, our witness and our character at that point. Yeah, for sure. No, that's great to hear that. Like that's encouraging (laughs) that like everyone that you've worked with so far. And it seems like, like I said, you're, you're constantly working with people. I mean, you've, it's been three years now, right. That you've been doing it. I mean, like when you look at the next three years, what are you excited about? Like, what do you see? Wow. You know what I mean? Like, what do you see as like, what would you do different over versus the last? I mean, obviously the first year you probably were figuring out a lot of like flow and balancing. And, but then what's funny is like, as you're figuring those things out, what typically happens is you still continuously get more and more work. Yeah. And so it's like, you're figuring it out as you're 
as the, the situation's changing at the same time. Yeah. But I mean, like when you look at the next three years, all the lessons you've learned even in the past three years, what are you doing to like, or what do you see yourself doing to implement to like do the next three years even better? Oh, great question. Um, well, now, like hearing you ask that, I'm like, oh, it's kind of like raising kids actually, because the second <laughs> yeah. you figure it out, then it changes and you figure, you know, you got to figure something else out. Um, I think just for me, because I, I know I, I know I keep going back to a mom, but it just yeah. shapes so much of my decision. It, it literally shapes every decision I make pretty much during the day. So, I mean, it, in three years, River will be in school full time and Shepard would be in preschool, my world will look, Zane and I's world will look so much different. Yeah. The amount, I know then you add in activities and we've never done that and all that stuff, but um, I just can't, I just think of the mental capacity that's, and even so many moms that are ahead of me that I've asked questions and have been so kind to, you know, kind of walk us through this or help us, you know, it's like, they say a lot, which I'm sure you guys know this and feel this and have felt this too. Parenting in the younger days is so physically demanding and then it gets more emotionally demanding, maybe mentally demanding as you start parenting teen mm. issues or older kids. So right now it's just so physically demanding of if I'm not working, I'm taking care of the kids. Um, Zane and I both are. And, you know, even on weekends, there's no exhale it's well there is when they're not but you know it's yeah you're mate you're mate it's it's beautiful it's like these are the days i know <laughs> you know i know it I, I don't wish it away i just know once they're in school i'm gonna have a different amount of space yep or i think that i would probably at that point look at scaling mm. into maybe some sort of agency or production house or something like that um I love doing graphic design and, and the execution part. That part is just so time consuming. Mm. If there was even a time I could get more on the art directing business relational side, mm. because you know this too, as a self-employed creative, you're the um, graphic designer, you yeah. go and get new business, your client relations, your invoicing proposals and billing, <laughs> you're navigating all your own finances, you're doing your own taxes, you're, you know, all of those things. I mean, if, if you even knew how behind on billing I am right now, <laughs> it's like, thank God my husband, like, <laughs> you know, works too. And anyhow, it's just... I think I would get more specialized in exactly what it is I feel like I'm good at. And I think even though I do love the graphic design piece, I think it would mm. be more of probably art directing client business a little more yeah. and would could hopefully hire a designer at some point mm. um, to then just art direct like, hey, here's what we're thinking. Mm. And um, I think I've kept my graphic design skill sharp, but I don't even have the capacity and time now to go learn everything new and to really stay up on, you know, especially with social media content, like how to do, which I don't really get into the reels videos type, but like even just staying up with all of that is a whole nother piece of your brain and capacity, yeah. mental capacity that it takes. So, and the kids coming up are, I mean, I was even thinking this about our own kids. Like, what kind of content are they going to make? Yeah. I mean, 
who knows how, what it's going to look like in 15, 20 years when our kids are creating, but, or maybe they're just school teachers and that's still creative too, but, um, maybe River and Shep, you know, and Rev and Bishop, maybe they want to go hold, maybe they see this creative thing right. and they're like, not for me. I don't know. Like they'll be whoever they're meant to be. But I think of that too, of like, at some point, do I, do I work more of the administrational creative side of my brain, which I am way type A, like I, all my hours, everything's in a spreadsheet. Yeah. All of our budget is in a spreadsheet. Like I naturally just, I, I calendar everything. Like that's a way more of my workflow where Zane is just like way more often left field creative. And mm -hmm. it, we make a great team in that where he still knows how to be administrational and I still know how to be creative, but our natural lane we go to mm. is he's a little more imaginative, imaginative, creative, and I can go a little more like yeah. how to get the systems in place to keep it all running. So I think I would, I think maybe that's where I would go in three years, but I don't know. I'm also open. My hands are open. Like I, yeah. I try and stay like that even now in this of, when work is coming or if it's, you know, just staying open handed about it and don't get too, um, you know, just grabbing not desperate and scarcity, just knowing, you know, in doing your best, I do think that attracts more work. And I think like we were talking earlier, birds of a feather flock together. Mm -hmm. I think that's going to naturally people who are like-minded even like this are naturally going to find each other yeah. and work together. And I've had times when it's not that, and it's almost like I knew from the start, like mm -hmm. I should have passed this off to someone else or I should have said no, but I said yes. And then it's just like beating your head against the wall <laughs> the whole time. And it's not just for me, it's for the client too. I'm like, Oh, I should have handed this off to someone different yeah. that had a different skill set or a different communication style or whatever it is. And so I'm trying to get better at learning that and knowing saying no to it doesn't mean I'm missing out on money or missing out on opportunity. It's actually going to work better for that person and someone else to do it. Mm -hmm. And then that's going to leave space for something that fits better with me to do as well. And yep. I get you also. And in the same breath, I would say, if I was 22, I would not tell myself that. I would say, take everything that comes your way. It doesn't matter if it's cool or not, do it and mm. learn how to work with a client and learn how to serve other people. But now at 35 I'm a, and as a mom, I'm a little more selective of like, I just don't think this one's working for both of us. And yeah. I'm still learning that. Mm. I'm still totally learning that. But, um, I think it saves everyone in the long run to for just sure. be like, yeah, no. Well, and it even, it, again, it speaks to if I'm coming, if I'm a, a client coming to you to get work done and you can say, hey, I'm not a good fit for you. Like that speaks volumes even to to your ability to not just take on everything. Like it, it, may, right. it even elevates you even more, even in their mind. Yeah. Even though they may not ever work with you, but they could still be an advocate for you some down where down the line where they're referring somebody else. Yeah, that's a great you know point. I mean? You never know what trickle effect that. That's a great point. But it, again, from from my perspective, it it's it just falls even more in line with just doing business with integrity. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you're doing it. You're coming from a place of doing it with humility and integrity and being honest with like, 
hey, we're not a good fit and that's okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I truthfully want the best for you too. Yes. That's 100%. the difference. And I do think it's a different mentality like you're saying. I think it goes from I'm really trying to serve you versus I'm just trying to get my vision through. Right. Like, and I think that's something actually working in a church setting really teaches, Mm -hmm. which is a good skill to learn of how to serve someone else and how to serve someone else's vision and how to almost use discernment and your intuition. Um, This is a a few of my biggest clients right now. It's like I can just read what they want now at this point. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going, oh man, this was my favorite cover design. I'm pushing this one for you to use. Ultimately, the same thing. I'm like, if I gave you 10 album cover mocks, I want you to be happy and fulfilled and your vision. Right. This is not my project. Like, yes, you hired me to execute something, but ultimately I really do just want to serve you. Right. And I want to serve your vision. And I feel like even times in a collaborative setting that I've been a part of, you can feel when someone on the team is really specifically wanting their vision to come through Mm. more than they want the person we're all serving's vision to come through. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a maturity piece too that, I mean, I know I was like that when I was younger too, of you just get so stuck on what you think is best versus Mm -hmm. going, no, what, how can I serve your vision more? And I feel like the more I've learned that, the actual more people have trusted and keep coming back to me instead of like, I got this one project, one and done, Hmm. one and done, because it really is more, um, time efficient to keep using, have the same client because you learn them so much, you learn them so fast, but I know that's probably not for everyone either, but that, that's what works for me is the serving them piece and really trying to take care of them. Yeah, no, and I do, and I would definitely say that it is, it should be the perspective of everybody. Like, especially if you're in a service-based business, because um, not all creative industry stuff is service-based. But like, you're offering a service, right? right? So it's like, it should it should be of service. Yeah, <laughs> it should be. You know, it's it's serving, serving the client. Should be happening. It's in the yeah. word, you know. So it's like it's it's very apparent and and like whereas Zane, they can just track some guitars and you know what I mean like ultimately they're trying to serve maybe an end user but they're also just trying to like create Produce. something yeah. it is totally different and, and he and I even as um self-employed creatives our worlds look so different because you know we joke everyone thinks that being self-employed is your your own boss and we're like oh no we just now have 10 bosses yeah whoever my client is that's mm-hmm you know, directing how I, you know, do my work. And same for Zane. Zane's a little different. Zane is very unique in um, specifically the sync licensing world. Mm -hmm. You know, his joke, which is not a joke, but it's real. (laughs) But he's like, I show up every day for free. Mm. I go and sit at my computer and the second I start designing, I'm billing someone. Right. So I know I make, which is nice as paying for childcare. I'm like, okay, I know I'm at least... You know, we're not going the red, like I said, but Zane's just out there like fully living. I mean, we're both living (laughs) on a prayer, but he's showing up just trying to create something that day, then submitting it to his licensing company, you know, 
hoping someone license it. Right. So it's such a different, and I'm sure he talked about all of this, so maybe I'm being mm. redundant, but it is a mm. different, even within the creative industry, his, that looks so different for him. Mm. And I respect him so much for doing that because I don't think my motivation, I think is the piece of not just money, but okay, this is working. This makes sense. Mm. You know, there's some stability here. His is, I don't think I could do, I know I couldn't do. We always joke <laughs> about it. Like I could not do what he does to mm. just show up every day and create out of nowhere and with no real, you know. I mean, you, you maybe, I mean, this was, we did talk a, a little bit about this, about how like there are guys in the, and girls in the licensing world who will create track specifically for a thing that's trending right now or a thing that's but you know really with his personality like that's not him you know what i mean like he's going to create something that could stand alone on spotify or apple music whatever and be enjoyed that way and there'd be artistry in it and if it also takes off on music bed cool right you know what i mean but like it's first actually art for them not just yeah. like creating you know tracks that are following the trends and and i respect that oh same um the cool thing is i don't fully know how the licensing works but based off of i know how like some video licensing works and some different things like i would assume a lot of his stuff that was compounding so i would assume that there's a lot of like you know, um, it may not be consistent, like checks every month, but like the longer it exists, like, yes. it, like, like YouTube, for example, yes. you know what I mean? Like you have like your YouTube AdSense that the more views yep. it gets, it's like compounding. You know what I mean? Well, that's a lot of his, his DSPs too, digital streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple, the more views he's getting, the more playlists, it's a whole different stream of revenue. But yeah, that one is definitely snowballing. Yeah. Whereas the licensing is just all one off. Mm. Um, it's also a really, I think this is fascinating just because I think creatives and finances are fascinating mm-hmm. of like how everyone does it different and it looks different. Yep. How do you manage? And we get asked these questions this conversation comes up all the time. How do you like, how do you do like, how do you keep your financial flow? And for like his restarts every month. Mm. So he, you know, he gets a music bed payout every month, but like May 1st, it started at zero again. Really? Yes. So then it goes from May 1st to May 31st. I think there's 31 days. Anyhow, and whatever license he sells either... In that month. Um, yeah, specific license and or membership of mm-hmm. Musicbed, that payout doesn't come until June 17th. Mm. So that's how Musicbed runs, which that part is nice. At least we know something's coming the 17th of every month, but how much it is, there is... No, I mean, I, I hope Zane talked a little bit about this of <laughs> we actually his didn't, journey. We didn't get into oh like the very specific. Oh my gosh, I could talk about this for days. <laughs> he but actually he, said, he actually said, Brooke would be able to explain all of this better. <laughs> yeah. Watching his faith in that, you know, for the first like two years of our marriage, every single month he thought it was over. Mm. He's like, this is the month we can't afford our apartment, you know, or whatever, because it resets. So the way, 
and this is just for us personally, the way we've seen God provide for us, I feel like we could write an entire book on the generosity and provision of God in our lives um, because it resets every month. (laughs) And how do you go buy a house when you don't know what's coming in every month? How do you, you know, tell a nanny, well, we're going to sign a year agreement and we're going to trust to pay you (laughs) every week when we don't know what's coming in every month. And really, I would just say it's living on a prayer. (laughs) And that's a piece that's kind of helped now with my income is at least we know when I say yes to something, Hmm. there's stability there. Um, But now, obviously, Zane's got enough other, his Google ad rev, his um, DSP payout. And if he does anything um, like gets hired for an audio project or to produce specifically, which he does Hmm. a lot, we know that. You know, amount, but yeah, or he's played is. live with people like he's gone on tour, he's yeah, like, yeah, or when he plays live, or yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty random how all of that stuff is coming in. I don't even know if you want to fully go here, but <laughs> the way we do it is every time a check comes in, we have a spreadsheet set up, and every single cell has like a you know, like a it's simple, like formula on it, and for every check that comes in, um, 25% goes straight into a tax account. Hmm. 10%, we believe in tithing. 10% goes back to God. 10% goes to Zane's business and 15% goes to our family we save. So all of that gets divvied up Hmm. and then we live on 45%. We live on the rest. And, um, that's how it's, that's just how it's worked for us. Hmm. And I think everyone's obviously their own convictions and things would look different. Um, but we actually feel some of that, maybe the constraint piece again, the constraint of not just spending it all or saving it all or however has really helped us to know, okay, well, even if the month is low because there are low months or when the month is high, knowing to set it's, we're still setting it aside or if. Thankfully, we did set it aside last month and this month's lower. Hmm. We can pull from here a little bit. And um, yeah, we've had to figure that out. Hmm. Thankfully, I, I I told Zane and I were talking about the other day because one of the guys out of the studio was like, oh my gosh, I don't know how to manage my finances in this place. Like, hmm. how do you manage every check that comes in or something? Zane and I were laughing because actually when I was working right down the street at that ad agency, my first art director ever. He, um, this literally, I I think this is one of the greatest pieces of advice I've ever been given. He said when iStock photography first came out, he went out and took all these stock photos. He literally would set a soccer ball in a green field, take a photo of it. Mm -hmm. Then he'd set a football in a green field, take a photo of it. And he made a ton of money off stock photography. This mm. was this would have been 20 years ago when it first right. came out. Well, no one told him you're going to be taxed, you know, 30% or what, 25%, whatever the, I mean, mm. I think he made like several hundred thousand dollars. It was a lot. Mm. So he was taxed super high and he was still paying it off. I mean, he was like, if I can teach you anything in your freelance work, Every check that comes in, you need to get in the habit of setting aside for taxes Mm -hmm. because no one's saving it for you, you know, which it it like scared. It scared me so bad, like Mm -hmm. his story, which fear is never a good motivator, but it worked in this case. So, 
at that point, when Zane and I got married, I, I was, I had a steady paycheck. Like I wasn't, we weren't freelance at that time or self-employed as we like to say. But when we got married, I remember immediately I started every check that would come in for Zane. I would set 25% aside and thankfully, you know, we, now, now we, now our taxes look a little different of like monthly or quarterly or whatever. But at that time we weren't doing that. So at the end of the year, we'd have to pay a lump sum in, Mm -hmm. which I know every creative, you know, this is not the fun stuff necessarily to talk (laughs) about, but everyone's dealing with it. But, um, thankfully we've always had it because we've always set it aside rather than, I feel like a lot of people have to learn this one the hard way. And they're like, Oh my gosh, I didn't set it aside. Now I owe $5,000, 50, And you're, you're in a, you're in a bad spot. Then right. you're trying to just dig out of that hole, you know? Mm-hmm. So that was one of the, that is, that would be like the opposite of something creative to give advice, but it was like the best piece of advice is to set, no, set that's, some money aside. That's so real. I'm actually really curious how with only having like self-employed income, how did you guys buy your house? Zane's music. Really? Songs. Yep. So like you were able to like just pay off a large enough chunk that they were able to give you a loan or like how did um, they? Yeah. I mean, yeah, we got a loan. We, you know, we had to, it, it was kind of amazing. Honestly, it's, it's a gift from God. Um, we got pregnant with a river and we were living in an apartment in the West side and we were like, okay, we had a two bedroom, but it was, we you know, we were just trying to figure it out. And at that time, Zane was like, let's look, let's start looking for a house. And like our car had gotten stolen over there. You know, mm-hmm. it was just a little, a little rough. <laughs> and he's like, and I don't even think I could fully go there. I was just pregnant and, you know, hormonal and whatever. But he start. he talked to our buddy who was a realtor and, you know, they were, they signed us up for like the MLS. You're getting whatever. I literally don't even know what it's called, but <laughs> that was right, I think. it MLS. was, it was divine. We, I was sitting at Arts KC. Zane was at his studio, and we both saw this house at the same time. Like within a matter of five minutes, we sent it to each other. We had looked at no houses. We'd maybe been skimming it for, you know, three or four weeks at this point. We hadn't even gone and looked at a house, and we both saw it, and we were like, "Oh my gosh!" Like. You know, you know us young creatives. We wanted a mid-century drumming, and we want, you know, blah blah blah. And um, so we we texted our realtor, and we're like, "Hey, can you get it? We we want to go see this house tonight." It was December. It was it was November, November of 2019. So like the pictures of the house, there was snow all over. Like it looked, you know, it just. I think that's how we got it was the first picture just looked like this brown old house. Mm. But when you click to the next picture, you saw like the cathedral, the Mm. vaulted ceilings and the wall of windows, you know, anyhow. So we went that night and looked at it and you know, he was like, you you know, you're going to have to come with an offer over asking, but we had not been like, we had a savings account, but we were not specifically saving for a house. And so we're like, oh my gosh, how are we going to do this? Like, you know, trying to crunch the numbers. What can we put down for our Mm -hmm. down payment, which, you know, determines your loan and all this stuff. And so anyhow, we prayed about it and I thought, you know, we should offer a much higher number than Zane does, which is literally the definition of our marriage. (laughs) And he was like, 
if that's what you think we should offer, it, it wasn't like much more. It's not like the mar housing market now where things yeah. are going 80, you know, we offered 25,000 over mm. the asking price and, um, and wrote them a letter. I wrote them a letter and we had just done rivers gender reveal like two days before. So I put a picture of the gender reveal and, you know, I was like, we're both creative and artistic. We would love to raise, our kids in this house we just are you know we just found out we're having a little girl and they I don't, I don't know if our offer was the most or if our letter was the most it was a, a 93 year old woman wow. who had the house so there were nothing had been renovated on anyhow so all of that so then we go through the process of getting the mortgage which was maybe the most stressful thing we've ever done in our marriage because they were trying to underwrite um Zane's income, but it's royalty based, right. which is not, that's not familiar in Kansas city. No one really knew. Even our, our mortgage lender was like, I don't fully even know how to quantify you guys. It looks so high risk. And I'm like, this is so silly. Like you could see three years of his income was mm -hmm. more than sufficient to get the mortgage, but it, it's just so risky because we're, there's nothing guaranteed. So it's really actually a little frustrating for creatives how the system is set up. If you went and worked at Chipotle and just they knew that you had a paycheck coming in every two weeks, mm -hmm. even if it's 18 bucks an hour, you are more likely to get a mortgage lended to you in this country than if you are a creative making, you know, great money. But it's, it's royalty-based. So unless you have, you know, all of the money in your bank account to put down, which we did not. So they had to go to multiple underwriters. And finally, they got the, you know, got it worked up that, um, I mean, it was so stressful. They were like, I was only working part-time at the time. They're like, I think you're going to need to go get a full-time job. It, it, you know, just silly stuff. But anyhow, it all worked out. Um, like the Lord provided that much. We had, um, the down payment. We, we were able to put it down ourselves. Mm. Um, and I think Zane sold some huge license that month or something, you know, mm. like it was awesome. And, um, then we renovated the whole thing ourselves in six weeks while I was seven months pregnant. Well, with a ton of friends, I shouldn't say ourselves when I say ourselves, that's not a clear picture because we had so much help from mm. we didn't hire dad. like contractors. No, we didn't hire, like... we did not have a contractor. No. Mm. Um, but yeah, that, that's a great question because I do think as creatives, it's sometime intimidating to think, well, do I have to just get some massive thing that then we can put mm. 20, 30, 40, $50,000 down or whatever it is. And in our experience, the answer is no. Mm. Um, but we would say, you know, in our heart, that's where I think the Lord knew the desire of our heart and saw the season we were in and knew that we were growing as a family and, you know, needed more space and, or whatever it was, you know, and provided for us. So that was, yeah. I forgot about that story, but <laughs> it's pretty cool. No, yeah, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah. I was curious just cause I'm, 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 I'm shocked with, uh, cause I know like typically they want three years. Uh, yep, at least to see the last three years 
but I didn't know that like even after seeing the three years that they would still be like, I, I thought that I always assumed that after three years, they just, they just took the average of those three years and said that was your annual. Right. Well, and I'm sure you know this too. The, the tricky thing about being a self-employed person is you're trying to get, so you have your profit that you made yeah, and then you're trying to get your expenses so you're actually trying to get, so like, I'm just going to throw out a number. Let's say you made a hundred thousand mm. dollars. Well, you don't want to pay taxes on a hundred thousand dollars. You want to have $20,000 of expenses. Mm -hmm. So then it only looks like you made $80,000, right? When you're mm. like, well, I really made a hundred thousand dollars, but I bought a new computer and I rent a space or whatever, but they're going off your lowest number. You know, they're going yeah. off the number that you filed your taxes on. So that's another tricky thing is, well, if you're only showing you made 80 grand in income, can you afford a $300,000 house? You know, hmm. that type of thing. You're like, well, no, I still have the money coming in. It's, it's just a really interesting, um, you know, space to be in and figure that all out that you, you know, for sake of paying taxes, you want to show the least amount of income you can make. But for the sake of buying a house, you want to show that you have enough income to buy a right. house. So right. it's a little bit of a dance there, <laughs> but, um, no, that's good. I don't want it to be too intimidate. Like we were intimidated, but it worked, you know, anything, once you go through it, then it's like, oh mm. yeah, you can, we can all do that. Right. You, know, you can whatever. do it too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it's real. It's, it's, uh, that was really good because but like most people, the practical stuff is like, I feel like the most helpful. Um, and I can live in practical land. I'm like, this is not even, Zane's going to be like, what'd you talk about? And we're like, our budget spreadsheet and uh, how to save money. He's going to be like, I knew you would, I knew you would go there. No, it's so important though. It is, it's, it's such a, it's, it's so easy to live in ethereal land. Um, but like the practical, there's a balance, right? Like right. you don't, you can't be so practical that like. You're boring. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, which this has not been at all. You've, you've said so many good things. Um, I, I kind of want to, I know we're coming up towards the end of our time. I kind of want to wrap up with one more thing, if that's okay with you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I kind of like, I like to close with this idea of like rhythms. Mm. So you mentioned some of it, like in the beginning with like what your guys' week looks like as a family, but um, so you could reiterate some of it or add new things to it, but really like in your situation, like mom, wife, you know, creative type a, you know, like, you know, all, all the stuff that you're, you know, serving your clients, like all the things that you're doing, um, what are maybe some practical things? And this could be for you, this may be more practical, but like, sure. what are some practical things you do? to try and maintain healthy rhythm so that you're not, you know, maybe burning out. You're not dropping right. those balls often. You're not, what, maybe what are some of those practical things for you that you do to maintain? Um, does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Um, so a few things, this has been, this has been hard for me to learn rhythms. Just my natural bent is, I'm pretty, I'm, I can kind of get really into efficiency mode. Mm. So if something doesn't feel efficient to me, I won't always do it, which taking time for yourself is never like, right. it's maybe the least efficient, but <laughs> actually it's probably the most efficient. But, um, I've like the practicals I try and do, I try and start most mornings pretty 
slow and quiet. Like, well, that's not true. They, they start very quickly when our kids get up. <laughs> and then as soon as um, Hannah gets there to watch the kids, then I usually go into my room and have some quiet time, read a book or read a, like a thought for the day. Usually like the cheesier, the better, like mm-hmm. in the garden with God or something. <laughs> that's my devotional right now. And just kind of have a moment or journal. I'm not, I, I just want to be so much better at journaling and I'm yeah. just not, um, I also try to get some kind of movement every day. Um, if that's a walk or, you know, Pilates or I've been trying to go to this right down the street from us, there's this infrared sauna place. Mm. And that has been, I started doing that ever since I had Shep, um, in the winter, I can get some pretty gnarly seasonal depression. Mm. So I needed some just like red light therapy and, it took me 34 years, I think, to learn that I didn't have to be sad all winter <laughs> long. So even though I still am sometimes. Um, so that I, I try and do that two or three times a week. I, I think my desire is I wish I had like everyday routine. And I just can't with our like our flow of some days you know, Monday, Friday, we don't have childcare in the mornings. Mm. Then River was going to school Tuesday, Thursday. So I can't always do the same morning thing. But I can tell now when I am starting to get, a li- I'm starting to spiral a little bit or I'm starting to spin out a little bit. And I would love to say I was really good at like preventing this. But mm. in this season, I'm a lot more reactionary on it of like, ooh, I'm starting to feel some tension or some you know, my nervous system is a little vibrating or whatever. And then I'll be like, okay, I need to go either sauna for a minute or just go for a walk or Mm. maybe eat something that's green. (laughs) Usually drink some, drink green juice more than eating something green. And, um, I can always tell when I'm trying to say something and I can't even tap into how I feel about something Mm. that there's a disconnection happening inside of me that like my head and my heart aren't quite synced up. And that's when I know I just need to pause for a moment and figure out how to get those two back in alignment so that I'm present and living and I'm not like living three days ahead of my, because I can really get into that mode as well of like, I'm never even where I'm at. I'm thinking of the next thing that's due or the next thing Mm. I need to help with or the next thing I need to whatever. So I'm trying to do a lot more rhythms and practices where I'm like, I just have to be right here right now. And like walking is so good for that. Like you can't even get somewhere fast. You're Mm. like, (laughs) I have to slow down enough to literally walk somewhere. And I love that about spring and Kansas City and all of that. It's really easy to like, just pause and have a moment and slow down. Um, but yeah, that's kind of my, yeah. Zane and I can feel it in our marriage too. When we feel like it's been so full, we haven't connected. And I would love to say we have a rhythm of date night, but we don't, it's a lot more reactionary. Mm. Um, which I think maybe this is not a right way of thinking, but I do think when kids get a little out of that super little age that you can, more people can watch them. It's mm-hmm. easier to leave them. At this point, not everyone can put them to bed. It's a whole thing to get them to bed, yeah. you know. So I do feel like in our marriage, 
we're trying our best right now, but I do think there will be more of a rhythm of an actual date night when they get a little older and we're doing the best we can now. And sometimes that looks like eating popcorn together at 10 PM. Mm. That's been like the last three nights versus like going out somewhere mm. anyway. And honestly, we're kind of too tight, like not too tired. That's maybe an excuse. But I'm like, man, at the end of the day, like yeah. you're just, you want to do things that are recharging, not necessarily draining anymore. And yeah. sometimes the whole process of getting the babysitter, getting everything ready, getting the kids down, getting dressed, get, that's a little, in this season, it feels a little more draining than it is recharging. So we're trying to do our best, but we could, that's a growth area for us <laughs> for sure right now. That's good. It's, I think for everybody, kids are not, it still is, but especially with kids. Yeah. And with little. Yeah. Under, four, honestly, four and under, on, like under grade school. Yeah. Is just. Before school. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a, it's its own I mean, I, we don't know anything other than that, right? Like, we don't mm -hmm. know grade school, but f f five and under is uh, <laughs> all hands on deck type yeah. of situation for sure. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Um, for real, you've said some really insightful things. I think uh, I love your perspective. I love a lot of the stuff that um, I've been doing a lot of studying up on you, just on like some of the stuff that you've worked on. And um, you're so crazy talented. And um, I think you and Zane are like this crazy creative power couple. <laughs> but like at the same time, like again, you guys just walk with integrity and you walk with humility. Um, and I'm just thankful even in the last couple weeks to have, couple months to have connected with Zane and yeah. then now to connect with you. And um you guys really are the real deal. Oh. And so I'm just really grateful for you guys. Even, uh, even like both of you, like I'm just starting this thing and both of you have literally been in the first five episodes. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, so I, I feel like you guys, you know, even believe in like what I'm doing. And, and so, oh, so anyways, totally do. I'm just really grateful for you guys. Really grateful for your relationship and your friendship and who you guys are. And, and I'm excited for you guys. Excited for the next, you know, 10, 15, 20 years as you guys continue to grow and what you're doing, continue to evolve and have kids that are in school and then, you know, take on a whole new, maybe your output triples, who knows, you know what I mean? Like who yeah. knows, who knows what you'll work on in the next 20 years, you know? So, um, I'm just really grateful. So thank you so much for doing yeah, this. Yeah, You're welcome. Thank you for asking. I feel, I feel, um, Honestly, I know honored is such a, I feel so honored that you would ask and, and right back at you. We believe in, in you and, and Jess and love the boys. And I love that, uh, what was it? Maybe like six months ago when we got to randomly meet down yeah. there at the cop shop and I mean, rev and rev, can you, can yeah. you even like just <laughs> down there on their scooters and pretty sweet. So, um, it's cool to run parallel lives with you guys for and, sure. Uh, we're, we're pumped for this for you. I think it's really just the beginning sky's mm -hmm. the limit mm -hmm. and, and we celebrate you in it too. Way to, way to take a leap of faith and yeah. any way we can help. We're behind you guys. Thank you. hundred percent. Thank you. Appreciate you guys. Yeah.